0: Hello and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I really started to become very interested in media, specifically social media, when my kids were in high school and grade school. I think I mentioned to you before that my two boys, Gabe and Ben, are about four years apart. And so when Gabe was just starting high school and Ben was still in elementary school, not quite in middle school yet, this thing called Facebook, as you all are very aware of, became popular. And with that, I also realized that there were some challenges to that, not just as a parent, but as a pediatrician, that now there's a whole new ball game when it comes to keeping our kids safe and making sure that we as parents... Know exactly what they're doing and who is involved in their life. I'm sure you've heard the expression "It takes a village, you know, to raise a child." And I do think it's extremely important that you know your kids' friends and you know your kids' friends' families, because they're not always going to be with you. They're going to be at their friends' house, and you want to know what do they watch, what do they do? Even go as far as, I know we talked about firearms in a previous episode, just knowing, you know, what, what are some of the, you know, activities that they're involved in and how do they keep their own kids safe? But it's, it's hard to get to that conversation because it sounds a little intrusive. Believe me, even as a pediatrician, I have a very difficult time asking about those sensitive subjects. But what I'm trying to say is you just want to know who is influencing your child. And that's a big word now, an influencer. And we all know that there are a lot of influencers on social media, but even not just specific influencers are influencing (laughs) our children, but anyone, you know, that's the most amazing thing about social media is that it is 24-7. And so what is a parent to do, right? Well, there's so many good things about social media that I think sometimes parents don't really understand it. And I think it's important that parents, preteens, and teens need to know what's good what to avoid, and how do we manage it and stay connected to our kids, as well as set barriers and boundaries that are healthy. I don't know about you, but I remember when Facebook first started, I had no clue what it was about. I think there was prior to that something called MySpace, but my kids, that came about before my kids really got into it. So the very first thing that I know my son, specifically my older son was wanting to do was Facebook. And and believe me, as you know, it's grown exponentially from there, especially when it came to like Snapchat, which I, you know, then learned that it's there for a short while, and then it's gone. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it again in this uh, podcast. Anything you sent out, whether it's social media, text, a video, whatever it is. Now, I know you can now on some phones, you can actually unsend things, but you have to unsend it pretty quickly before anybody else sees it. And the same really is for social media, right? But chances are there's somebody out there that's following you that saw it within seconds of you posting it. But what I'm trying to say is anything that goes out there no longer belongs to you. Even if you think it's going to disappear in two seconds, somebody can take a screenshot, etc. So kids and families really need to know that it is important to understand that. Now, I mentioned there's a lot of positives. Social media can actually help kids. Let's talk about some of the ways that it can. So one thing is it can help kids learn to communicate with others and help them navigate relationships. So they learn com- good communication. Now, albeit with little, you know, um, you know, LOL, like all those different things, like our little shorts and stuff, but it's still a form of communication. I remember when I was a kid, of course, we didn't have cell phones and so on. Sorry to age myself, but we even had like our own little special language, like, we kind of made up that um where we put SK in front of every word that we said. <laughs> so I don't know why we did that, but it was fun, but we learned to communicate and it helps navigate relationships. It also helps kids stay connected with friends and family. I know for a fact, even my own personal social media, it's so awesome because I have, You know, family in other states, et cetera. And I feel like I'm still connected to them. And so that when I do see them, it's like I saw them last week and I could actually have a conversation and be like, how was that trip? And so on. So it's the same way for kids. It's another way for them to stay connected. And I do think that it was something that was positive. When we were all locked down during the pandemic, et cetera, because connectivity and socialization is so important. Other things, and I don't think people really think about this, is it's also a way for kids to find out about volunteer opportunities or getting involved with a campaign or hearing about a race, for example, and then being part of a team where you um, raise money for a nonprofit or for a charity. And that's really fun because you they can feel a part of something and find something that they're really interested in versus, you know, just thinking, oh, they've got to be in a sport or music or something. Maybe there's something that they're really interested in and they find their group, their people, right? And can can be involved in that way. It's also a really great way to enhance their creativity because they can share ideas, share music, post art, I love looking at photographs, even just friends that are doing it, you know, when they're on the beach. Some of these photographs are super cool. I was looking yesterday and somebody had taken a picture of one of my favorite little islands in Florida called Anna Maria Island. And it's in the Gulf Coast. And it was really cool because the picture was from an airplane of an aerial view, and it was beautiful. So I love that for kids, we can enhance their creativity by letting them share these ideas, their music, their art, their pictures. And I'd like to reiterate again, that it really helps them meet and interact with others who share their similar interests. Sometimes kids can feel really alone when it comes to a school, especially if they attend a small school, to just kind of find people that really are cool and and like the things that they like. And so this is one way they can interact and meet people with, with similar interests. It also is a way to connect kids with educators and fellow students. I wish when my kids were young that they could be like, hey, uh, or I could be like, hey, message so-and-so in your class, you know, on private message or whatever. And uh, even though we didn't have his cell phone number, but maybe they were following and be like, you know, find out about that uh, particular project that's due or something like that. It also gives us access to health information like myself, you know, I have my Instagram is and uh, Facebook is growing up with Dr. Sarah. So if you don't follow me, please do. And I post in addition to, of course, highlighting the different podcasts that I produce. I also put in some reels and suggestions and uh, some cool stuff that just kind of help makes everyday life a little bit easier within a family so you have access to health information as well and it's a great way to learn about current events and pop culture i love it because some i'm not really a news watcher although i probably should but i don't know about you but it kind of depresses me a little bit so i don't really watch the news but sometimes i find out about how things are going just from my social media now there are some dangers and um one of the things that i am most passionate about is cyberbullying so as i mentioned before i really started to become involved in how families use media way years and years ago because my concern was that cyberbullying was a whole new level of bullying and basically what that means is teasing, harassing, neglecting, and it's all online. You know, the thing about cyberbullying is you can reach a lot of people. You can be anonymous and it, it is, it is very scary for some kids. It can be maybe, like I mentioned, you're teasing or harassing somebody, but it also could include excluding someone. So let's say you're posting pictures about, you know, a party and yet obviously not everyone was invited. And so some people can, you know, in a way feel really down because they they weren't uh invited or neglected. And and so it, it causes a significant amount of anxiety, depression in kids. And it also gives an outlet for those that are, you know, more inclined to bully a way to do it without really being face-to-face, if that makes sense. Another big danger is privacy and safety. You know, when, again, I was learning about Facebook, what I did is I in I created a community activity. And maybe this is something in your community you would seriously consider doing, but it was for parents. And basically what it was is I had everybody come and bring their computers, their laptops, and we were going to help them navigate and start to sign in on, on Facebook. Now I would say most parents now are also very involved in social media. So I don't know that you need anything like that, but I did in addition have some, um, uh, law enforcement authorities come as well and talk about privacy and safety specifically. What to share, what not to share, uh, what sites are safe, what isn't safe. You know, sometimes, and you, you could very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not even realize un- unconsciously post a picture that Identifies where you live or identify, of course, there's location services too. So, I mean, that, that's part of the whole privacy and safety. But I'm saying, like, let's say if you have your location services turned off. So one time I shared a picture of myself with my puppies on a couch. And I didn't realize until somebody actually pointed it out to me that behind me on a really cool plaque that I had hanging was the actual longitude and latitude coordinates of, of my home. Now, I didn't think about it. I guess I'm not really one to sit there and plug it in to find out where someone lives. But what I didn't realize is that Someone who was inclined could actually take that information and know exactly where I live. And so I think kids also need to understand how much information should or they should not share, you know, in, in addition not just to their name and their age and their location, but there's so, so much more. Because we know that there are online predators, right? And although it makes me sick to my stomach, we also know that anybody can post any picture and pretend to be anyone else. And children, especially if they're the younger they are, um, will, believe that who they're talking to or chatting with or messaging, for example, or sharing information with is not really the person. And I I know I'm telling everybody that's listening, they already know that, but it is, it can be very, very sneaky and just like myself, who I feel am very, uh, uh, you know, averse to, the dangers of social media even posted something myself that had my location. We just want to teach them that there's a danger in sharing too much information, not just for online predators, but we also want to make sure that it doesn't risk their reputation. And what do I mean by that? Not just like, oh, their high school reputation, et cetera, blah, 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 but it could affect their future admissions to colleges or a job. I will share a story about my son who was, all he was, was tagged on somebody else's social media post. Okay. And they were on spring break and he was only tagged. He wasn't part of the picture. He didn't make a comment. He didn't share it, but his friend tagged him in the post because he was there uh, at the time on um on spring break, however, what the picture was showing, thankfully, my son was not involved in now, all of a sudden, my own husband, John, had a client who turned to him and sent him a message and said, I no longer want to um, have you as my financial advisor and he did that, and John said, You know, can you please explain why and he said it was because I saw... What was on your son's social media? And I don't condone that kind of behavior. Now, again, my son wasn't involved, wasn't part of the picture, wasn't part of the activity, but they don't know that because he's tagged in it. And somehow that circled back to my husband potentially losing a client. So there are a lot of risks and we have to think about that too. I do also know that people that are, you know, um, interviewing for a job, their employer or potential employer can look up their social media and go way back, you know, and, and look at things and, and, you know, search in search engines and find all kinds of information. So again, once you post things, once you send it out there, it, it's no longer belongs to you and anybody can see it. I also mentioned the mental health effects, you know, it, it could be, from so many things, either cyberbullying, it could be from body image. It could be from, I wish I was doing that. I wish I was, you know, that happy. They look so happy. You know, everybody looks happy, happy, happy on social media. And, um, like. Meet myself. I don't like posting negative things. I don't tend to share on social media when I'm unhappy <laughs> because I try to be a positive person as much as I can. But you know, life happens and everybody has challenges and we're not likely to, to post those types of things. So it's easy for kids to just think the, that the world is such an amazing place. And why is my world not? so cool, right? There's also a lot of mental health effects just from the amount of time that kids spend on social media. So they could be doing everything about privacy and safety. They could not be involved in um, cyber bullying. They know, you know, all the risks, etc. they're, you know, blah, blah, blah. But studies have shown that just, and even for adults, that spending too much time on social media does affect our mental health. It also affects our physical health too, because usually when we're sitting there scrolling or looking at things, we're sitting, we're not as active. And it's the same for kids. Inappropriate content too, is something that we need to monitor. You know, I would suggest depending on the age of your child. And the American Academy of Pediatrics has an amazing, so if you go to aap.org, and you look up like family media plan, they have some really great ideas on different things that you can do for your family to set up the barriers, the limits, the guidelines so to speak and even come up with like a contract that you can sign with your kids about what you know what social media what how long how much time they'll spend per day you know that they need to share be able to share with you um what they're you know looking at what their content is etc and so it is important to that to teach them and help them navigate away from inappropriate content. It's also a time drain. <laughs> Let's face it. I don't know about you, but when, you know, think about a time that you sat there and thought, well, I'm going to check social media or whatever. And I'm watching reels on Instagram and stories and stuff. And like two hours go by and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, how did that happen? But what happens with that time drain is that it's taking away from time for homework, time exercise, reading, sleeping, that's my problem, and spending time with others. So one of the dangers of social media can be a time drain. Another is false marketing. You know, I know too, you know, there's advertisements all over the place about this is better and that is better and, and so on. And remember, because there's freedom of speech and I'm thankful for freedom of speech, um, you have to make sure that what you are watching, listening to following, you know, could be false and and it, there could be some false marketing as well. The other thing too, that I'd like to mention is, uh, dangerous viral trends. I'm sure that you can recall, uh, it's fun to do little dances and things like that. I remember one was, I think years ago that you had to like pour an ice bucket or somebody, and then you, you tagged somebody and said, you know, you're the next person. Right. But There are some dangerous viral trends that we also need to be aware of and make sure that our kids are aware of those dangers as well. Studies have also shown that there's a huge behavioral impact. So I notice in some of the families that I take care of that they see some increase irritability or increased anxiety or low self esteem and what you have to do is get to the root cause of what that could be um, whether again it has something to do with their private privacy or safety or cyberbullying, um, something with their reputation. but we know that it does have these behavioral impacts, and when you notice your child's being irritable, especially a teen you know instead of writing it off of oh it's just teenage hormones i really think it's important that you connect with your teen or your preteen and really find out what is what is the root cause because everyone communicates one way or another whether we just outright communicate tell people how we feel but with With even like toddlers where they basically cry or have a tantrum, they are trying to communicate something that they need. And teenagers and preteens are the same way. Typically what happens is they either shut out, you know, where they don't want to come to dinner or do family activities that they used to before. They become more irritable when you do talk to them and, you know, they start to have a lot of low self-esteem. So if you're noticing that, it's important to connect. And, uh, and one thing you could do is just purely say, just like Nellie did in uh, the podcast, which I highly recommend listening to, uh, where she talks about how to connect with your, with your kids and how important it is that connection is. But what she mentioned was just ask like, Hey, what are some of the things you're following on social media? Tell me about it. Is it cool? You know, what, uh, what are you learning from it? And that's just a way you're not basically saying, Oh, you know, why are you, you know, criticizing or judging it if you're just asking and then starting a conversation. So how do we navigate this whole thing called social media together and, and build trust together? Like I just mentioned, you know, first and foremost, before you even allow them to get on social media, have a phone or do it on their computer or their tablet, you really need to determine if they're ready and know their maturity level. The best way to do that is how do they interact with others now? And if they're having some difficulties with their social interactions, very likely they're going to have difficulties when it comes to social media as well. Talk specifically about the different platforms for social media and know what your kids are are involved in. You know, I mentioned Instagram, there's Facebook, there's Snapchat, there's TikTok. Oh gosh, there's, I, I can't even, I can't, I mean, there's so many, there's so many. So you want to know, you want to tell them, look, there are different platforms and these are the different things. And, you know, um, and, and just go over those, those things and, and make sure you know what, uh, what platforms they're using. Now I would suggest personally that you also be able to follow them. I know that's, uh, you know, and be their friend. I know that's easier said than done, but have a good conversation with your child about that. And if you do, let's say that your child says, yes, I will let you follow me. Then you have to be cool about it. In other words, like don't make negative comments on social media, don't embarrass them on social media. You know, um I always ask for permission before I post a picture of my kids and tag them or on a post, for example, communicate with each other. I mean, you wouldn't want them to post things about you or make comments on yours that either A, doesn't feel good or B, embarrasses you and so on. So, you know, it's important that if you do follow them, that you will also do the same. Now with that, can you discuss outside of it? Of course. And you should. And that's very important, especially if you see a red flag or you're concerned about something, or you just want to talk about something funny that they posted. I think it's great. It's a great way to open that line of communication. I would also talk to your child about how they will compare themselves to others. As I mentioned, most people They look so beautiful and their outfits are perfect and everything is just amazing. And it's, it's so easy to compare ourselves and we're not just talking about jealousy or envy. We're just, we're talking about how it affects our own personal self-esteem. And so it is important that you have that daily discussion about that because I, I know I wouldn't. Necessarily post a bad picture of myself. <laughs> so, but I will tell you, and I'm going to throw John under the bus that he does it regularly. In fact, that's the joke in our family. He'll post pictures of the family and somebody's eyes are shut or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but we're trying, we're working with him to make sure that he looks at the pictures before he posts them. I also, it's important when you're navigating social media together is to remember that we all have access to endless information anytime we want. So it's 24 seven and you really need to set expectations with your child. So what rules do you have for social media? Communicate about your rules, communicate about your child's expectations. So this is my expectation as a parent. What are your expectations? And Develop consequences if expectations are not followed and communicate regularly with them about it. Talk to your child. What do they? Why do they want to be on a certain platform? What do they plan to use it for? Continue communication and ask them about the TikTok trends, the newsworthy stories, and who they are following and model good behavior. As parents, we need to practice safe and healthy social media behaviors ourselves. It's also important to limit the screen time. You may have read that the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends no more than 2 hours screen time a day. Encourage kids to have face-to-face interactions and physical activity and suggest screen time that already sets some limits. And again, I want to reiterate that going on the AAP website, they have that amazing, um, they have some amazing resources and information regarding media and social media and how to create that uh, contract, so to speak. As I mentioned, modeling good behavior and using correct etiquette, it's important to tell your kids to be nice. (laughs) you know, themselves, right? On the comments that they make or the posts that they make and to think twice before hitting enter. So I used to say this to my kids and then uh, when I was preparing for this uh uh podcast, I was kind of, you know, of course, looking up some things. And it was really funny because it basically did exactly what I did with my kids. So I was pretty happy about that. But it says to follow the WWGS, which is what would grandma say rule. <laughs> and we kind of did it a little bit different. I would say, to my kids, if you, and they called my mom, granny, who was on Facebook, by the way, and so is um, their other grandmother. And I would say, don't post it unless you're comfortable letting grandma or grandma see what you posted, whether it's in words or pictures or followers or, you know, shares, whatever it is. But what would grandma say? If she saw it and if you're not prepared or don't wouldn't want your grandmother to see it, don't post it. <laughs> make sure too, when you're using this, you know, tell your kids about privacy settings and make sure that it's set up and set up correctly and not to friend strangers. If they don't know them, even if it says that they have a mutual friend you, you really don't want them to follow. Because remember, anybody can be anybody on um, the different platforms. That social media agreement, get the kids to agree to protect their own privacy, consider their reputation, to not give out personal information, to not to use technology to hurt anyone, that parents themselves will respect their kids' privacy, Friend and follow them, but don't post embarrassing comments. And other limits on social media can be things like keeping the computers in public areas of your home. Avoid devices in bedrooms and set rules on when and how to use it. An example is at the dinner table, we call it the tech free zone. So when we come to the dinner table, it is very important that you put your phones away, your, your iPads, et cetera. And teaching kids to do that at a young age is very important. Well, I know I said a lot and I just, I'm very, very passionate about how parents use social media. And I hope that this was helpful. And uh, please reach out if you do have any further questions. I'm here for you. And I'm just grateful that you follow me continue to follow wherever you listen to your shows like Spotify or Apple podcast. And let's do our best to grow up together.